I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is author Alana Pratt. We're going to be talking about how to make the most of cuffing season. Cuffing season can be defined as a time of the year, usually the colder months, when singles look for a short-term romantic partner to nestle in with for the winter. While we are still socially distant, we need not be disconnected as the past couple of years of isolation has made it more essential than ever for singles to create thriving relationships they can count on. They're looking for safety in a setting where meaningful connections can blossom. Intimacy expert Alana Pratt shares unique strategies to navigate cuffing season in a whole new empowering way. She hosts the podcast Intimate Conversations and has been featured on Good Men Project, Huffington Post, People Magazine, Forbes, CBS, ABC, and Fox, and more. Welcome to the show, Alana. Oh, Catherine, thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm online right now looking at that same definition, and there's this little picture of two little feet with the Christmas socks on by the fire, and cuffing really is something that on the first glance, oh, yes, this will make me feel better, but as we go through the show today, I'd like to go deeper to the real core motivation that we could maybe empower people to have a more heart-centered way to connect with themselves rather than need someone on the outside to make them feel better. And just to get back a little bit, cuffing, first of all, cuffing season. How about just cuffing season uh, in the context of we're going to be what we're going to be talking about? When I ask my friends, do you know what cuffing is? Nobody seemed to know yeah. what cuffing is. Even, I have to admit, <laughs> even I did. Like, oh, this is really interesting, but what is cuffing? Okay, Alana, we've got the expert on. What is cuffing? I think we have to start with that first. Well, you're so cute because um, I don't know how old you are, Catherine, but I'm 51. Well, and I'm I, telling you. my uh, PR firm, uh, she's like in her 20s, and I'm, I didn't know what cuffing was either. And so the idea of like putting a cuff, right, putting a cuff around your, your wrist, um, grabbing someone, making them exclusive, taking them, you're mine. So you're cuffing someone. And the reason why this has become something from 2011 in the Urban Dictionary, it first showed up and then in pop media and songs and memes, etc., is this trend during the holidays when things get colder um, weather-wise, but it's actually more emotional. You know, at the end of the year, you're like, well, how, how did I do this year? Did I accomplish my goals? And bottom line, it comes down to, am I enough? Do I really belong? Do I matter? Really, that's the core, in my opinion, motivation of cuffing season. We don't want to end the year, you know, going to bed alone, waking up at 3 a.m., truly questioning, am I going to die alone? And so this is sort of an external surface okay, I'm just going to hook up with somebody. It's not going to be serious. We're going to break up by Valentine's Day. Heaven forbid I've got to go through Valentine's Day with this person. So I'm just going to mm, use them so that I don't feel lonely. I don't have to look inside and evolve my consciousness in any way. We'll just hang out together so we don't have to be lonely and then ditch each other in the new year. Ouch! (laughs) So I'm here to talk about, hmm, is there a, a smarter way, a more evolved way, a more emotionally healthy way to go through the season? Yeah, because this is a short term, 
as you've described it. It's short term. It doesn't, and I'm assuming, I don't know, both people are involved in the short term cuffing season relationship. There's an understanding that it's going to be over and that we're just doing this because we're lonely. And as you say, I don't want to die during this season by myself. And uh, But it's just a short term answer to an intimate relationship. Is that it? Do both people have an understanding that that's what it is, what the relationship is? Totally. And what's even crazier, when you research this online, there's rules to cuffing. Like, don't open your heart. Don't talk about anything meaningful. Don't talk about the future. Like, there's all these don'ts. Just keep it very surface. Let's just have sex. And let's just be together so we don't have to feel the pain that's in our hearts. And um, definitely break up before Valentine's Day so nobody construes that this actually means anything significant. I'm <laughs> like, I can't believe that we would operate on top of this. I suppose on the one hand, we want to really be honest. The holidays is the highest time of suicide for people that are alone. So if we have to choose between suicide and cuffing, cuffing all the way. However, the core wound is still there to, to really, how do we become at peace with our own aloneness? How do we fall in love with ourselves? How do we allow being alone to be actually never alone because we're with ourself? We're with the divine. We no longer need external validation, worthiness. Am I good enough to be okay on the inside? Can we do the work to fall in love with ourselves and feel whole and complete and choose somebody, whether it's cuffing season or the middle of the summer, not because we need them to finally feel good enough inside, but because we choose them, because they're actually a a complement to our life. It's not that they complete you. So how do we do this? Obviously, that's what we're going to be talking about. So how do we do it? What's the first step? Let's take one of these. Are we just talking about millennials? I mean, you mentioned age. You're in your 50s. I'm a little bit older than that. But uh, yeah, I mean, what groups are we talking about? Millennials, uh, Gen Xs? Yes, I would say definitely both both of uh, those age groups, but I also coach people all the way, like me, 50s, or, or you, perhaps 60s. So this is a time when a lot of people, it doesn't really matter the age, mostly younger, but it's when anybody is looking towards the holidays and they just don't want to go, go through it alone. They don't want to look uh, in their friends and say, are you still single? And so the first step would be to recognize what you're doing. Anything that's unconscious, we want to bring into consciousness. Oh, I'm seeking a partner to use them so that I don't have to feel lonely over the holidays. And then the second step is don't judge yourself for that. We're all doing our best. We're all doing our best having been hurt in the past, maybe divorced, maybe a, someone's died or broken up with us or cheated on us or abandoned us, all these very painful things. So first have some compassion that you're doing this because you're scared. You're scared to be lonely. You're questioning whether you're worthy enough. So first is awareness. Okay, I'm actually doing this cuffing thing and it might not be the healthiest you know, choice. Two, I refuse. I'm already sad and scared. I refuse to judge myself on top of that. And third would be get curious. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? To fill a need on the inside from the outside. And then switch it. Uh, I talk about getting cozy and intimate with your inner self. A lot of us don't like to look inside. I call it little you. We look inside, we see little you, and, and he or she is insecure, scared, lonely, ashamed. 
We're like, okay, enough of that. Where's my glass of wine and my cuffing season? Like we, we go on the outside to try to, to, to fill the void. So instead, what if you had compassion with that little you? What if you said, you have every right to feel this way? If I had gone through that divorce, if I had gone through that breakup, I would want someone on the outside to make it all better. But we all know that when you break up with somebody and you immediately go out there and find another relationship, those ones don't last because we're, we're using an external stimuli to, to veil the pain of our hearts. So you go inside and you hold little you. You snuggle little you. You get cozy and intimate with little you. You get curious with little you. You start to give little you what you've been seeking on the outside. So instead of seeking appreciation, appreciate yourself. Instead of seeking um, someone to hang out with, talk to yourself, journal, spend some time getting to know your heart, your soul, your inner self, and whatever your inner world needs, start giving it to yourself. Listen to yourself, honor yourself, respect yourself, believe in yourself. And then all of a sudden you start to feel quite, um, well, first probably you feel calm and then maybe you feel some compassion but if you keep up with this you start feeling confident for no reason you start feeling radiant or alive or badass or um, you know amazing which is an energy that attracts your ideal partner not through cuffing but through your natural organic shining of your true self so alana so we are empowering ourselves that's what it sounds Mm -hmm. like to me we're empowering ourselves from within, not looking from the outside, having another drink or drinking a bottle of wine or finding somebody who's inappropriate. But in order to become aware, I mean, do we need to engage someone like you, a coach, to help us do that? Or can you just, well, you listen to the show, listen to you, listen to your show. Do people have these kinds of aha moments? Hmm, I need to do that. Or do they really need to be taken by the hand and show them how to do it specifically. You know what I'm saying? Like needing a, a therapist I, or a coach. Yeah. I, I believe if we all were meant to do it ourselves, we'd all have our own planet, <laughs> but we're together. <laughs> so I think we're here to help each other. I have two or three coaches. I'm a full-time coach, but I can't see my blind spots to save my life. So I ask for help. I don't think I can do anything alone efficiently I mean, maybe if I sat in a cave for 30 years, I would get the hang of it. But uh, I like to ask for help. I think it's brave and wise. I mean, if I think about myself as a queen running my whole queendom, am I going to cook this and do this with the knights and, and take care of the kids and go to the administration meetings and wash the clothes and fix the castle? Like, I can't do it all myself. I have to ask for help. It's smart. It's wise. And so when it comes to relationship, if you're not fulfilled, if you don't wake up and nobody's perfect. But if you don't wake up fulfilled most of the time in your life, check, go, have, have a look of what's going on. And if it has to do with relationships, find somebody like myself and a community of amazing people who are willing to be real, brave, authentic, not judge themselves and learn to become the one on the inside to find the one rather than from emptiness, <gasps> find the one and then I'll finally be enough. Like I slow down, go for a walk in nature. Take a weekend off and don't spend it on Netflix. Spend it journaling. Spend it really getting real with yourself. Be brave and have a look. And at least for me, when I first realized that my little Alana on the inside was, she was the biggest people pleaser on the planet. I didn't feel good enough unless someone approved of me, wanted to date me, wanted to hire me, anything. It was all outside in. And I'm a Kamalati graduate of an Ivy League school. I'm a six-time author. I've interviewed... Forgetting Whoopi Goldberg and like I'm 
I'm very accomplished. So I was so ashamed, Catherine, to admit I was insecure and scared. And so that takes courage, la cour, the heart. And so as how we did drop you, into I the heart. I have to interrupt you because how, do, how yeah. did you accomplish all of that and still be insecure and frightened and, I, and I, as you say, Ivy League graduate of with honors, yeah. very impressive, yeah. author of six books. Thank you. And yeah, yes. and congratulations. This is great. But then you're Thank saying, well, I was this scared you. little girl inside. And uh, so how, what, how did you come to, I guess, realize that? Because all of that can mask, I think, you know, when you're so successful oh. and so smart and so able to accomplish so much, it masks that other stuff that isn't working. Yes, it does. And I was so wired backwards, outside in, that my worth was my accomplishments, um, that I just kept spinning as fast as I could to accomplish more things, so I never had to feel. I just kept thinking and doing and smiling with my fake mask. So uh, two or three things happened that allowed me to slow down. Um, I don't think I would have slowed down on my own, Catherine. I think I would have kept pushing. So the first thing that happened was two divorces, and I was the only one in common. And I, was, I am smart. I go to a good school. I'm smart. I'm like, huh. Who's the only one in common here? Well, that would be me. So that was the first part of starting to take ownership and take responsibility that, huh, I've got friends that have been married. Not that it's better to have one relationship for 50 years than five for 10 or this kind of thing. But like I was noticing that I was unable to maintain a longer intimate relationship and I was the only one in common. The other wake up call for me was when I was going through a custody battle from my second relationship and my son was really doing poorly um, in terms of his mental well-being. And that was just unacceptable. That's, I'm like, I have to change something. Whoever I'm being or however I'm acting with uh, his son's, my son's father needs to change. So it was a, a motherly love and also a compassion for myself and a courage to face and feel. But I got to swear, the first time I learned, and I had a coach to help me with this, the first time I tried to slow down and feel my feelings, I thought I was going to have a nervous breakdown. It was like Niagara Falls was stuffed away in there. I'd stuffed my feelings for so long that the first time they started to come out, it was so scary. There was so much fear and pain because all of my worth was based on getting another's approval. And if I didn't get their approval, I didn't know what I was going to do because I hadn't learned to approve of myself. I was totally wired backwards. So what happened so in as your learned, childhood, uh-huh. because I, I want to go back, I want to go way back, I guess, what happened in your childhood to get you to that place? What kind of, you're talking about your parenting and your son and the pain he was going through and that you were some, you were responsible for during the divorce. What about your parents and your family? How did you get yeah. into this you know, mindset? Yeah. You're a clever lady. So, um, yes, we are entrained by the time we're six or seven years old with how we believe the world is based on how we grow up. And we don't have a coach when we're two, three, four, five, six. We just make it mean what we make it mean. And if we don't feel safe on the outside, we make it mean that there must be something wrong with us on the inside. And so, yes, my dad was drunk and stoned. And my mom was basically just keeping it together, codependent. And I thought, well, that's what love is. So that's familiar. I was scared, and as long as I could be good enough, Dad wouldn't erupt into more rage. And so that was actually what I was seeking out of familiarity. And on some wacky level, it made me feel home. It wasn't healthy. It didn't work. I needed to rewire myself. But that's why I was attracting what I was attracting, because it felt so familiar. 
And if I could get daddy's love, I was enough. And divorce number one, same, same. Divorce number two, same, same. I'm like, okay, I get it. I see it. I don't know how to heal this, but I, I, can, I can figure this out. And I learned, that's how I actually became a coach. I started seeking support myself, workshop after workshop. And, and people said, hey, you're good at this. People tell you things that they've never told anyone else. And it's directly related to me slowing down to listen to little Alana tell me things that I hadn't been willing to feel or face or heal. And so now I've become at peace. I'm not perfect, (laughs) but more at peace with my little Alana. And when I'm scared, I don't push myself away anymore. I breathe. I've learned how to navigate intense emotions. I've been highly trained in quantum psychology processes to literally integrate fear into calmness and then confidence or shame into allowance and compassion. I've learned how to do this on a very high level, quantum psychology level. So now I can do this with myself and I can be that safe space for others to feel not judged, loved for exactly as they are and exactly as they're not. That's a key when you start doing this inner work is when you go in and you talk to your little you, the key is I love you unconditionally. And so we we say this, we throw that word around a lot, but what does it really mean? Unconditional, without condition, I love you without condition, which means if you're happy, I love you. But if you're sad, I love you just as much because it's without condition. If you're ashamed, I love you just as much. And so we go inside and in our mind's eye, we sit with little you instead of the cuffing season with this person we're going to use for the, for the cold months and then ditch them before Valentine's Day, let's instead get cozy and intimate with little you by the fire and say, I will love you, stay with you, have your back, not reject you, not avoid you, not criticize you, even if we're single for the rest of eternity, even if you're sad for the rest of eternity. I love you that much. Something magical happens. I call it grace. I don't know what your spiritual beliefs are or religious beliefs are, but it's, it's beyond us. It's a God thing. All of a sudden, you're home on the inside. Really, says little you? You love me even if I'm scared forever? Yeah, I do. I got you. We got this. We are in this together. And there's this union and communion on the inside where you feel a resilience. It's not a thought. It's a beingness. It's a knowing. And it's sexy when you get out there dating again. (laughs) But in the meantime, it feels so home uh, in your heart. Ilana, Alana, what what can we do so we don't have to get to the point that you got to? Your defining moment, you said, was you're going through the second di- divorce, and your son really he's he's really not well, and that's really yeah. scary stuff. And it sort of it forced you into into doing something, into making changes, and being aware and taking a look at yourself. But do we need to have that kind of a defining moment? Can we? Do, people often wait too long to get into. Th- therapy or to go to a coach uh, to do the kinds of things you're talking about. How can we sort of step back and be able to, yeah, do it a little bit sooner? Wouldn't it be nice? I've been a coach (laughs) now for 20 years and I I probably one to 2% of people come to my, my business and say, Hey, I just like to be a better person and feel more confident. Could we work together? (laughs) That doesn't (laughs) happen. It's, it's, I, unfortunately it's the human condition that we don't come until we're on our knees. And that's okay. You know, do your best. Read your books. Listen to this wonderful podcast. You know, do all the rest of it. 
But there will come a time when you're like, oh God, I can't do this on my own. And that's a beautiful moment, not a weak moment. That's a strong and brave moment where you, where you ask for help. And everybody has their own defining moment. I agree. I hope it could happen sooner. But in, in my 20 years, it really takes humility mixed with bravery. It's like I give. This is bigger than me. I need help. And when you have that moment, we could call it surrender. It's not a giving up or a giving in, but it's a giving over to another. Please partner with me. Please support me. And this is important because this is a skill we're going to want to learn in relationship. That together, it's not like, oh my God, you complete me. And I'm going to pretzel myself into anything just so you never leave me. Like that's the old Jerry Maguire way of having like this soulmate. Oh my God, you complete me relationship. It's not healthy. It's not sustainable. And it's, it's, it's coming from empty. We want to get ourselves to a place where I have a, a company also called Heartmates. It's, a, it's an app that we're building. It's an intimate community where we, we do our intimacy training. And we also get together once a week what we call them conscious connection calls. And we learn to speak deeply from our hearts. We learn to listen without interrupting. We learn to express ourselves authentically. And then soon... The app portion, the dating portion of the app will be live. It's not live yet. It's still in beta. But it'll be a place where people can can date where everybody's willing to do the work. Everybody said, yes, I'm willing to grow and be a personal growth student of life. And there won't be the people that just get on the dating sites and just use you, troll, catfish, ghost you. It's going to be a safe place where everyone is doing the work. So this is your next step. You start to do the work and you start to hang out in a community where others are like you so that you don't feel ashamed. Okay, so Heartmates for Couples. I want to mention that again, Heartmates for Couples. This is a app in progress, but uh, you're 50 yes, plus now. Mm-hmm. So 50 plus new, I'm assuming that you have a relationship. I don't know that, but if you do, tell us and contrast like the, this relate. Well, I'll stop. Do you have a real, are you in an intimate relationship now? No, I actually, when I booked this interview, I did. And on Friday, we broke up. So this is a very fresh, fresh topic for me. And I can feel the way that a lot of people in humanity feel going into the holidays. I don't want to spend Christmas alone. I don't want to spend New Year's alone. I could go be with parties and get drunk and not feel my feelings. But I'm choosing this holiday, and I'm just on the verge of tears because it's still pretty raw. Oh. No, I'm human like all my clients. Yeah. It's not oh, easy. But it's I, I will be cozy and intimate with my inner self. Yeah. I will celebrate and date myself. I will make myself a filet mignon dinner. I will review the year of how proud I am of myself that mm-hmm. I gave it my best in that relationship. And it didn't work out, but that doesn't mean I'm a failure or he's a failure. We just, it was a stepping stone for us. No regrets. You get to focus on gratitude and how I, what I could learn and what I could do different and how I've grown. And so I refuse just to use some guy just so that I don't have to feel my feelings only to ditch him in the new year. That's unkind. I won't do that to him and I won't do that to myself. I like the word stepping stone. That's a good word. It's a stepping stone. I think if you see it that way, or at least as you're describing it for me, that helps you to go forward. It's closing one chapter and opening up a new one. 
Absolutely. If we think about a DNA spiral, it goes up and up and up in a spiral and you go around the dark side of the moon from time to time. (laughs) You have some breakups, you have some difficult times, but it's actually, if you measure it higher than before when you were out in the front in the sunshine. So think about that spiral going up and up. Even if you go through something rough, it is still a stepping stone to the next level of your joy, of your expression, of your evolution. And so there's nothing wrong with being single. There's nothing wrong with being sad. And to celebrate the great times and to be kind and celebrate yourself when you're alone as well. Celebration might be a different flavor, might be a hot bath and a shot of tequila and a good (laughs) cry, (laughs) but it's still celebrating that, hey, I'm worthy of love and I will start now by loving myself. Well, I think the disruption, I mean, and we all have disruptions in our lives all all the time, It, it motivates you. To, to go forward. I mean, that's what motivates yes. us to change, yeah, and become healthier, and which is what you're doing. Or, um, it's, a, it, it's interesting that you did break up during this season. I mean, this is the season that you're talking about, this cuffing season. Yeah. This, this, you know, yes. you didn't break up in the summer or the fall, but right now when you know, the holidays... Um, that's yes. as, yeah, I, th- I think that's... It's tougher. I will, yeah. I will agree. Yeah. But I, I'm not a victim of my circumstances. None no. of us are. We all no. have a choice. I could choose to go spend Christmas and New Year's with friends. I don't mm-hmm. have to be alone. Uh, I, I could be online like so many of us during COVID uh, when we were alone. We could find other meditations or our church or different, you know, workshops online. There's, there's never a reason to give up get or, or, or hide. There's, there's, there's a way all of us can support ourselves. And it's when we have the point of view that I matter, the point of view that I'm going to date myself, the point of view that I'm going to celebrate how far I've come rather than what didn't work out. I'm going to get intimate and listen to my heart and my little you and treat myself with respect and honor. All of us can do that in our own way that works for us. We don't have to just cuff up with someone so that we can bypass feeling uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that not only an intimate relationship, but you said I could go out with friends, for instance, but you're not going to do that oh. either. Uh, that That's a, a, a way of not really staying with yourself. I have to be with myself for, for uh, you know, I need a lot of time with myself. So what you're saying really yeah. makes a lot of sense to me. Um, mm. Yeah. Thank, or, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember when I met Florence Henderson and I was like, oh, she was like a a hero to me. I grew up with her right on the TV. And I said, what is your greatest advice for for women? And she said, you must fall in love with being alone. Mm -hmm. And I went, yep, that's it. And she was so regal and so certain and, and yet feminine in herself. And if we are in love with ourselves in our alone time, if we can find communion and oneness, on the inside. We will never give away our power. We will never do people pleaser. We will never say, sure, I'd like to do that when really we don't. We'll be able to stand in our truth, heart open, kind, but clear and lead a life of true empowerment and, and healthy pride and integrity with our soul. 
And she was an inspiration to me during, I think I was like, I think that was divorce number two when I met her. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that is well said. I love it. We, uh, we have one minute left. I could, you know, we could go on and on with our conversation. This is great. And I want people to be able to do that. So tell us where we can go to, I mean, we mentioned the, you mentioned the app, HeartMates. Um, yeah. Thank you. Uh, but, but just yeah, my yeah. site, my yeah, thank you, Catherine. It's, it's my name, alanapratt.com. And on there, there's an intimacy blind spot quiz to see, huh, I can't see my blind spot. Nobody can. So that might yeah. be supportive for people. Tons of other resources. All my books are there. All the different podcasts that I've been on or that I've hosted on intimate conversations. And my YouTube channel, I answer people's questions every single week. So just search YouTube with what your challenge is. And I bet you a video from me will come up. Great. Great having you on the show today. Thanks so much for sharing so much with all of us. We all, I appreciate it. Thank you. It's my pleasure, Catherine. Thank you to you. Happy holidays to you and to all your listeners. Much love. Bye. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. (laughs) 